Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, November 1st, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by the Dorchester Group. The Dorchester Group is a full-service real estate agency specializing in the sale of properties in the Boston area. What can they do for you? Well, the Dorchester Group assists individuals who currently own property, helping them come up with the best strategy to manage, improve, or dispose of it. As you know, there's a lot of developers in Boston right now looking to buy your property, but be careful. These developers are not functioning in your best interest. The Dorchester Group is here to help maximize your return and protect you against developers who are looking to take advantage of you and your valuable property. These developers don't care about you or your neighborhood. All they care about is money and how they can make more of it when you're gone and your property is theirs. So do yourself a favor and put someone from the neighborhood in your corner called the Dorchester Group right now at 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. 4464 or go to their website, the Re.com. That's the Maximize your return today with the Dorchester Group. Welcome to the show on this first day of November. And I'm here a day earlier than usual. You know, I'm usually here Mondays and Thursdays, but I couldn't help it. I had to jump on today on this Wednesday because I just have some things to get off my chest with the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. The NFL trade deadline was yesterday on Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern time. I'll go over some of the other moves around the NFL and there were a couple big ones, uh, but mostly I need to get something off my chest with regards to this Jimmy Garoppolo trade and just some of the criticisms that I'm hearing, not just in this town, But around the entire league, nationally, you know, national media, local media, the local fan base, some of them at least, here in New England, here in Boston, I just could not wait another day. I couldn't wait till Thursday to give you this show. And I I did think about just doing a podcast today strictly just on that Garoppolo situation. But I figured, you know, I only do two two shows a week. And since I'm going to come in and give you this second podcast of the week, I might as well just do it all. So I will close out today's show with Picks Picks, five NFL games with the spread for week nine in the NFL. I'll also give you my DraftKings, gotta have them play for week nine for Sunday's slate. Um, I have a pretty good one for you. I know I didn't give you a great one last week with Kirk Cousins, but I got a much better one for you this week. So stick around for that. Those two things, all my picks for week nine in the NFL are coming at the end of the show. Let me just say first and foremost that, you know, I I thought where I'd be coming back to you on Thursday of this week, the World Series would be over uh, because game seven would be tonight on Wednesday night. Well, now we know there will be a Game 7. The Dodgers won Game 6 on Tuesday night in L.A., and uh, they won that by a score of 3-1, to one, and they force a Game 7 
tonight or whenever you listen to this, Wednesday night. By the time you listen to this, maybe the World Series will be over. But there will be a Game 7. And as far as I know, when I'm recording this currently on Wednesday morning, it's Lance McCullers versus Yu Davish. First pitch at 8-20. Kershaw and Keuchel ready to come out of the bullpen for each team. Kershaw ready to come out of the pen for the Dodgers. Keuchel ready to come out of the pen uh, for the Astros. So uh, you get in a Game 7 which means the next time I'll be talking to you, there will be no more baseball, but I will follow all of the hot stove in Major League Baseball. A lot of people say the offseason of baseball is a more exciting time than the regular season. So um, I am all in on that. And any baseball rumors that we hear, especially with the Red Sox, all went along through the entire hot stove. I'll be here for you to react to them. Um, as you know, I have a lot of strong opinions on the Red Sox, but... The next time I talk to you, we will be officially in the Major League Baseball offseason with regards to the entire league. The Red Sox have been functioning in the offseason for a couple weeks now, but uh, the entire league will be in the offseason the next time I talk to you. So there will be a Game 7, and if I had to put my money on one of these two teams, I'll take the home team. I will. I'll take the home team. I'll take the team at home. I I know anything can happen in a Game 7, but if you want just to make a wise bet, I'll take the home team because I also think they have the better pitcher. If you line both of these pitches up against the wall, McCullers and Davish, I would take Davish to win me a game. Uh, That's the way I would play it. But who knows? I mean, we've seen so many balls that have left the yard, that have gone into the seats, um, that that just didn't look like they were going to go further than the infield. So I don't really know what to think in this series. Anytime a ball hits the bat and it goes into the air, it has a chance to go out. And there are some some balls that are hit, uh, like last night. You know that that drive by Jock Peterson. Now, I say drive; it wasn't really a drive. He took it the other way, and I did not think that was even close to to being a home run. And yet there it was. You know, a couple rows in, and he's running around the bases. He's got to take it easy. I'm all about a good celebration, but um, Jock Peterson, you know running around yelling, you like that? You like that? And uh, it's, again, I'm all about a good celebration. You know, I usually don't get upset with this stuff, but I do think there are times I'm okay with a bat flip. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, it just, I, Jock Peterson rubs me the wrong way. And, and I never really felt that way about him until this postseason, seeing just how much he yells as he's running the bases. Uh, when he hits a big home run. But I can't, I can't get too mad at him. It's the World Series. It was a big hit. The Dodgers force a game seven. And we'll see how it plays out. But I'm not here to talk baseball uh, for this entire hour of this podcast. I'm here to talk football. That's why I told you I jumped on a day early. Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday night was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And here's the trade. The Patriots send Garoppolo to the 49ers for a second-round pick in the 2018 draft, the upcoming NFL draft. And for people who don't know how the NFL draft works, it doesn't work like your own little fantasy football draft. It doesn't wrap back around. You know, the, the team that picks last in the first round doesn't get to pick again first in the second round, right? It doesn't wrap around like your little fantasy football draft. So, um, basically, seeing what San Francisco is, which is one of two winless teams in the NFL at 
0-8. And the other team is Cleveland. Cleveland has a bye this week. San Francisco is, what are they, at home against Arizona? Is, Is that what they're at? Uh, is that what they're doing this week? That was San Francisco. Either way, San Francisco's own eight, and it, you know they don't look good. So the pick that you get, a second round pick, it very well could be what thirty three or thirty four overall, which will be one of the early picks in the second round. So it's a very good draft pick that you're getting from San Francisco, and that's the trade Garoppolo to San Fran, and the Patriots get a second-round pick from the 49ers in the 2018 NFL Draft. It should be noted that the man who reported this trade on Monday night, who reported it first before anybody else, was ESPN's Adam Schefter. And what have I been yelling and screaming about to you since what? Like, all offseason. The past NFL offseason. Since the beginning of, of March, what have I been yelling and screaming to you? I've been yelling and screaming that Adam Schefter is going to break the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. He is. That's what I've been telling you. And why did I say that? Because Adam Schefter was the guy that continued to yell and scream about how Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't getting traded. I mean, he was pounding his chest. He was doubling down. He was going on TV, radio. He was yelling at people. He was saying, what, you don't, you don't believe me? You don't trust me? He sounded like a guy that knew that had inside information coming from the New England Patriots, and he was so confident, and he was yelling so loud and proud about it that there were a lot of people that looked at Adam Schefter and said, "Wow, we believe him. Jimmy Garoppolo's not getting traded." Right? It was just—it was a little weird to see a reporter like that take take it so personal to the point where when people questioned him, when people questioned Schefter, he took it so personal, he got upset, visibly upset on TV as he held all eight of his Blackberries or iPhones or whatever the fuck he uses. He's got way too many phones. Um, or when he goes on radio shows and, and radio stations, he's, people get mad at him, they question him, and he gets mad back at him. Adam Schefter took it personal to the point where... A lot of people said, you know what? I guess he's got to know something. He's got to know something. Adam Schefter is great at what he does. No question about it. And when he got that upset with people questioning him about Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Schefter said he's not getting traded, no way, no how, you know, when, when he got mad at that, people said, this guy knows what he's doing. He's great at what he does. There's no way he would be getting this mad if it wasn't true. So... Um, you had Adam Schefter doing that, but I, on this show, and I don't, was I one of the only people out there that was doing this? I have no idea, but I, on this show, have told you many times that Adam Schefter, at the end of the day, I think, is full of shit, because I think he is helping pump up the trade value for the Patriots. Whether Schefter knew he was doing that or not, I just always sold to that, if Jimmy Garoppolo does get traded... Adam Schefter will be the first person to report it because that either will be part of the deal or, you know, the Patriots will acknowledge that this is the guy maybe they gave, purposely gave some false information to so they feel the need to to make up for it by, well, you know what? We changed our minds. We're going to tra- trade Garoppolo. We kind of made you look like a fool. We're going to let you break it first. However it went down, I sat here and told you many times going back to the offseason that when Adam Schefter got all upset and got his panties in a bunch and people questioned him, I I didn't sit here and say, no, I think Garoppolo is going to be here for the long haul. I sat here and told you that 
all this tells me is that Adam Schefter will be the guy that breaks the news when Garoppolo gets traded. Why did I say that? Because trading Garoppolo just makes way too much sense. It does. It does. It makes way too much sense. So I tweeted out on Monday night. I said, the Patriots just traded a backup quarterback, a soon-to-be free agent backup quarterback, for a second-round pick. A second-round pick. Think of that. Think of this trade. Think of the shell of this trade. Don't get into the details. Think of the shell of this trade. And what is the shell of this trade? The shell is a backup QB in a contract year, a backup quarterback. Let me keep saying that. A backup quarterback in a contract year just got traded for a second-round pick. And again, to one of the worst teams in the league, which means that that second-round pick is the borderline a late first-round pick, if that's really the way you want to value it. And we know the Patriots value things that way. So that's the shell. A backup QB in a contract year gets traded for a second-round draft pick. When you go into the details, here are the details. The New England Patriots traded Tom Brady's backup. Okay? They traded Tom Brady's backup. A guy who wanted to start somewhere before he either walked for a compensation third-round pick this offseason or got paid $23 million next season under the franchise tag for a quarterback as a backup quarterback. And instead, the Patriots got a second-round second pick for it. Those are the details from the San Francisco 49ers. Look, it's okay to like this trade from a Patriots perspective and still think Garoppolo is going to be a very good quarterback. I had so many just idiotic responses on Twitter when I tweeted out Monday night that I think this is a very good trade for the Patriots. They did a nice job with this. Um, given the circumstances, you have to look at the circumstances. You have to look at the situation at hand. You can't just look at what you think Garoppolo is going to be and say, well, they should have got more for him. He's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's only 25, 26 years old. They should have got more from him. You can't do that. That, that. That's stupid. You have to look at all the factors involved. And maybe the biggest factor of them all, which is why I always thought a trade would go down. It's why I always thought a trade, trading Garoppolo made more sense than not trading Garoppolo is that Garoppolo wants to play. He wants to play. And if you're the Patriots, are you moving Tom Brady right now? And and forget about just the Patriots. If you're a Patriots fan, do you really want to move on from Tom Brady right now? I don't get it. Why would you want to do that? Patriots are uh, 6-2 and two on the bye week. Um, they very well could and probably should have a first-round bye this year in the playoffs. And they're going to be making a run for another Super Bowl. And given the way Tom Brady's played so far, even with all the hits he's been taking, even without Julian Edelman, even with some offensive players banged up, what, you don't like the job Tom Brady's doing? You keep looking at the guy's age. And I understand that the number 40 can be a scary number, especially in professional sports, where everybody always likes to talk about how father time is undefeated. Okay, father time is undefeated. But but when does that time come? Like, what? When, when a guy hits the number 40, what, that's it? It's just the body knows that the number is 40 and, and, and things just, you know, like Max Kellerman would like to say, a guy just falls off a cliff? No, it doesn't happen that way. If a guy's putting in work, if a guy's eating healthy, if a guy's staying in shape, and 
you know, if if a guy has the proper tools around him, offensive line, to maybe keep him upright late in his career, then Tom Brady has shown you with time in the pocket, he still is one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. And if you don't think he can look pretty damn good for the next three years, then I just don't know what you're watching. I mean, that's that that I think that's your problem more than anything and what you're actually seeing. So the reality is this, the details are things that you need to look at. The 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 factors at play, it, it's more than just Garoppolo's going to be a very good quarterback. He's going to be a franchise quarterback, and you should have got more from him. No, there's more than that. Garoppolo, who, again, a lot of people think is going to be a very good quarterback. He believes in himself. He wants to play, and he knows that as long as Tom Brady's in New England, Garoppolo, he's not going to get a chance to play. Does that make sense to anybody? Sure. But also with that, maybe even an even bigger thing on top of that, since the guy does want to play and wants to start, is that he's a free agent after this season. So if you're the Patriots, what would you try to do? You obviously try to sign the guy. Keep him around, okay? Keep, you try to keep him. You try to keep Garoppolo around. And reports that came out yesterday suggested that the Patriots did try to sign Garoppolo to a deal, and they couldn't give him what he wanted. What did that mean? What What does that mean? That that last part. They couldn't give him what he wanted. One, I think there's probably, you know, there, there's some money that's involved in that. But two, it's they can't give him the opportunity to be a starting quarterback. They can't do that. So it's that combined with the money. And if you're the Patriots, you you try to bring Garoppolo back. But if you're Garoppolo, you're not going to accept that deal because you want to start. So what do you do? What, you just hold on to the guy? You just keep him the rest of the season. Bill Belichick, here's what he said in a quote. He said yesterday in a conference call, he said, we wrote it out as long as we could. He then said they explored every possible option, but felt this was the decision they needed to make. And it was. It's the decision they needed to make. Some people are looking at it going, well, now you don't have a backup. Well, you do have a backup. Brian Hoyer, as I'm starting this podcast today, the report this morning is that Brian Hoyer, who's been released from the 49ers, he's visiting the Patriots today, and the expectation around the league is that he's going to sign with the Patriots to be their backup quarterback. He is. So if you're concerned about, oh, Patriots, they don't have a backup. No, they do. They have Brian Hoyer. And I'm not trying to tell you that Brian Hoyer is going to come in and save the day if Tom Brady goes down. But the one thing I will tell you is that there is no guarantee that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in and save the day if Tom Brady goes down. There's there's just no guarantee. And if you're guaranteeing it, then I just think that you might be looking at Garoppolo and you might have bought into all the hype to the point where maybe you're looking at Garoppolo a little bit unrealistically right now, given where he is in his career and really what he hasn't done in this league. Garoppolo hasn't really done anything to prove to anybody that he's going to be a successful quarterback for an entire season. You just haven't seen it. So for you to guarantee me that is a little insane. The thing that I always look at is that if Tom Brady goes down, or when Tom Brady is done, there is no guaranteeing that anybody is going to come in and be anywhere close to as good as Tom Brady is, has been in his career. There's just there's no guaranteeing it. So I would like to see the Patriots hold on to Tom Brady for as long as they possibly can. Like, embrace this right now. I don't know why people don't want to embrace it. 
I don't know why people want to jump on Twitter Monday night and complain about the backup quarterback getting traded and how they didn't get enough for a backup fucking quarterback. And I had people tweeting me going, he's not a backup, he's going to be a franchise QB in San Fran. Yeah, in San Fran. He's not a he's not a franchise QB for the Patriots. They have their franchise QB still in Tom Brady. What I don't I don't understand why people want to move on from that. For a guy that they've never even seen for an extended period of time. That's insane to me. That's so utterly insane. And that thought process right there that you saw, that I saw on Monday night on social media, that you saw Tuesday uh, or heard on Tuesday on the radio or saw Tuesday on TV. All of those things where people complaining about, oh, they didn't get enough for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why everybody and their mother around the league hates us. That's why everybody hates us here in New England and in Boston when it comes to this Patriots team. Because you sound like a spoiled fucking brat when you're complaining about getting a second round draft pick from the 49ers for a backup quarterback. Think about that for a second. Think about what you're complaining about. Just for a second. Take a step back. Forget about who the player is. Forget about what you think that player could be in his NFL future. You're complaining about getting a second-round draft pick in the NFL for a backup quarterback. To complain about that is utterly insane to the point where you sound like a spoiled asshole. And because we sound like spoiled assholes in this town a lot, that's why the rest of the people around the country, with regards to the NFL, hate us. They hate everybody here. They hate the Patriots. That sums it up. That sums up the spoiled attitude with this Patriots team. I got news for you. It is never going to get better than Belichick and Brady. It's not. It's just not. And it's going to be, you got stories on ESPN, right? What's there, a story in the ESPN magazine with Brady's face on it coming out? Excerpts have come out. Something came out yesterday, a story where, you know, Belichick told friends that he wanted Garoppolo to be a starter. But, you know, some people implying that this is Robert Kraft's decision to keep Brady more than it is Bill Belichick's and that if it was Belichick's decision, he might have moved on from Tom Brady. I don't I don't know where some of this stuff comes from, but I kind of listen to it and laugh because I listen to it and think, do you know how stupid this sounds like a we calling Bill Belichick an idiot? Bill Belichick would be an idiot to sit there and go, I want to move on from Tom Brady right now. He'd be an idiot. Belichick doesn't do that because he doesn't want to move on from Tom Brady right now. He doesn't. And um, <laughs> it, it's just it, it's just that spoiled attitude in this town that some people have, it, it makes no sense. It drives me crazy. It, it's now making me, and I hate to say this, it's, it's making me look at Garoppolo and not like Garoppolo. And I don't want to feel that way. I, I want to look at Garoppolo and say, hey, kid, have a nice career. You know, go have success in San Fran at some point. Whenever that success is going to come, you know, it's probably not going to come this year. I mean, Garoppolo's probably not going to play, they're saying, until after their bye week in week 11, week 12. And that game's against Seattle, isn't it? Why would you throw him in that game? Um, so I don't, I don't think that you're even going to see him till week 12, week 13. But whatever the case is with Garoppolo, he still has to sign in San Francisco, wherever he plays in the future. I want to sit there, look at him and go, you know what, kid? Go have a nice career. I'll be rooting for you. But I'll be honest, just hearing and seeing some of the stupidity in this town with this trade and the reaction to it, it's making me not like the kid. It's making me not want to root for him. It's making me want to root against him. 
<laughs> so that maybe some people could sit there and go, oh, wow, you got a second-round pick for a kid who actually is just a backup quarterback. I'm not sitting there calling him a backup quarterback around the league. I'm calling him a backup quarterback for the Patriots. But to look at it that way would be looking at the details, something that a lot of people don't want to do for some fucking odd reason. Here are the details. You traded a backup quarterback who was either going to walk and you got a third round compensation pick for him, or you would have had to pay him close to $25 million next year to be a backup quarterback under the franchise tag. You mean to tell me the Patriots, we're, we're going to, forget about we're going to, you mean to tell me they should give a backup quarterback 23 to $25 million? We'll call it 20 You mean to tell me you want to give a backup quarterback who's not going to see the light of day next season $20 million? To do what? To do what? To imitate the opposing QB during practices, during the week leading up to games? You're fucking out of your mind. That's stupid. That is a stupid decision. So what do you do if you're the Patriots? You say, well, can we get better than the compensation pick knowing that he's going to walk? And they go kick the tires? They ask? They they get one of the worst teams in the league to give him a second-round pick, and they say, yep, we will take that. Thank you very much. Bill Belichick gets on the phone the next day, gets on a conference call and says, hey, we rode this thing out as long as we could. We explored every possible option. We try to get the kid to sign a contract. He wants to play. Good for him. We don't hold that against him. But as a business, we have to look into moving him so that we can maybe get something better than the third-round compensation pick. Now, if they were only going to get offered maybe a fourth-round draft pick, I guarantee you Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to get traded. But when you get offered a second-round pick, you jump all over that if you're the Patriots. Some people going, well, they could have got a first-round pick from Cleveland, this, that, the other thing. You have no idea. In a perfect world, I would have loved to get a first-round pick from Cleveland last year. Would have loved to, or even in the future. Would love to. But is there anything that's saying Cleveland was actually willing to offer that for Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I haven't seen it. And I would think that the Patriots would still make that trade if they were getting off at a first-round pick. They were going to get the best value for Garoppolo, knowing that it was time to move on if they could get better than the third-round compensation. That's, bot- that's the bottom line, because this is a business. And if you haven't figured out that Bill Belichick is going to handle this thing like a business, if you, haven't ha- if you haven't figured that out yet, then... Nothing that I say is going to get through to you anyway. So end this podcast, go move on with your life, and don't ever fucking listen to me again. Because nothing I ever say is good with regards to the Patriots is going to get through to you. Like, I just, I have no idea what some people are thinking when they see this move. Garoppolo was not going to come back to the team. He just wasn't. And you're not going to pay him the franchise tag money. That's crazy money for him to be a backup. And if you think they're moving Brady instead of Garoppolo as a 6-2 team with a chance to win another Super Bowl, maybe multiple Super Bowls the next couple of years, why? That, that wouldn't make any sense to what? Keep a kid that you think is going to be pretty good someday? Give me a fucking break. The hype that has surrounded Jimmy Garoppolo has been somewhat insane. It has but the fact that you have people complaining about getting a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, what does that tell you when you really sit back and think about it? You know what it tells me? It tells me that what the Patriots did by leading the charge on this Jimmy Garoppolo hype train tells me that it worked. Tells me that everything that they did to pump this kid up 
worked because you got a lot of people who are sitting there the last 24 hours going, wow, they only got a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a horrible deal. That's people were telling me that I'm sitting there like slamming my head against the wall going, what are you talking about? Think about what you're saying. A backup, and, and I get it. Maybe not a backup quarterback on other teams, but a backup quarterback on your team, okay? And he's a free agent to be. You tell me what you wanted the Patriots to do. What did you want the Patriots to do? What did you want them to do? You want to pay, you want to pay a backup quarterback 25 mil next year? Oh, give me a break. That, that would be dumb. Um, and, and, and that wasn't going to happen. That's not realistic. Garoppolo also wants something. And, and you can't stop the kid in a contract year from wanting to start next season. And you didn't have that here with him. So he also plays a pretty big role in the decision that you have to make as an organization. And if you could go out and get a better pick than third-round compensation, then it just seems like an absolute no-fucking-brainer. You make this trade a million times over. This is the NFL. This isn't a league that dishes out first-round picks for backup quarterbacks. It isn't. Look at the trade deadline yesterday. You want to see some other trades? Jay Ajayi, 24-year-old running back for the Miami Dolphins. Had a breakout season last year. Dolphins a little upset with him. They trade him to Philadelphia for a fourth-round pick. I know all the fantasy gurus out there are looking at this going, wow, you never would have expected Ajayi to go for just a fourth-rounder, but he did. A fourth-round pick. How about Kelvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin, you know how good he is. You saw him play for the Panthers against the Patriots this year. Where they came into Gillette Stadium and they beat the Patriots in week four. You saw Benjamin. He's a monster. Kelvin Benjamin got traded from the Carolina Panthers to the Buffalo Bills for a third round pick and a seventh round pick. I don't see a second round pick in there. Who's more established in this league? You tell me, Garoppolo or Kelvin Benjamin? It's not even a question. Now, the seventh-round pick that the Carolina Panthers ended up also getting from the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo's going to send a third and a seventh. That seventh is actually coming from the Chargers, which came in the the Cardell Jones trade. Backup quarterback. Traded for a... Remember kid from Ohio State? Traded for a seventh-round pick to the Chargers. And so the Bills got that pick, and they're like, all right, I guess we'll add it in with a, with a third rounder. We'll sweeten the pot a little bit. Third and a seventh for Kelvin Benjamin. I don't see a second round pick. I don't see that. A third and a seventh. So you tell me. You tell me what's going on around the league where you think that a backup quarterback should be traded for a first round pick. Give me a fucking break. Open your eyes. Use your brain. And figure it out. Because complaining about this trade from a Patriots perspective, in my opinion, is just downright idiotic when, when you really do break it down. You just look at the, if you just look at it, you know, and don't want to put any thought into it, and you just listen to the hype, and then you look at the trade, you listen to the rumors that maybe they could have got a first-round pick from Cleveland. You listen to the rumors where some other teams might have been interested in giving you a first-round pick. You just listen to rumors, and you, you, you buy into the hype train, you know, that, that of Jimmy Garoppolo. Then, yeah, you might not like this. But why don't you dig in a little bit? 
I don't know. Just, just think. Just use your brain just for a second. And think about this. Patriots just got a second-round pick from one of the worst teams in the league for a backup quarterback. And it's not like they have any old schmuck as their starting quarterback now and for the next couple of years. They have Tom Brady. And if you're all of a sudden down on Tom Brady, then there's just, I mean, there's just no help in you. There's just no help in you. And you're a spoiled asshole, in my opinion. <laughs> if you're trying to run Tom Brady out of town, you, my friend, are a spoiled asshole. And there is there's just no help in you when it comes uh, to anything Patriots New England Patriots related. They're just not. So I love the trade. I think you got a great deal. You got better than the third round compensation. You're not paying a backup quarterback 25 mil under the franchise tag. They try to sign him to a deal that's probably, you know, the type of deal that a backup quarterback would get with the possible opportunity in a couple of years to maybe be the starter, be the future. But Garoppolo wanted to start now, and I don't blame him for wanting to start now. But all things considered, my reaction to this trade is that I love it, and I think the Patriots did a great job. I do. I think they did a great job. And um, Tom Brady's still the quarterback. They bring in Brian Hoyer. All right, great. If you want to sit there every day and worry about guys getting hurt, you could do that with any play in any league. You, you look around the league. You could say it about every team. What happens if the star quarterback gets hurt? You could say, everybody says that. Everybody questions that. Not just the Patriots. Not just because Brady's 40 years old. Everybody says that. The Green Bay Packers are saying that. They got to roll out Brett Hundley right now the rest of the season. You think they want to do that? You think they want to roll out Brett Hundley? No, they don't want to do that. The Green Bay Packers, they're at home this week, right? The Packers, Brett Hundley. Um, the Green Bay Pack is coming off a week eight bye. They had a week eight bye. They're one of six teams with a week eight bye. The Green Bay Pack is Monday Night Football. They're a, they're at home. They're an underdog at home. Think about that for a second. The Packers at Lambeau on Monday Night Football are an underdog against a Detroit Lions team that's a game under 500. The Lions are three and four. The Packers are four and three. And the Packers at home on Monday Night Football are a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Think about that for a second. You lose Aaron Rodgers. You bring in Brett Hundley. The season's over. You could look at every team in the league. They lose their starting quarterback. The season's over. Okay? And I'm talking about lose the franchise quarterback. Lose the top dog quarterback. Lose a well-established um, elite quarterback. If you lose that guy, the season's over. I don't care if you're the Patriots. I don't care if you're the Packers, anybody in the league, you lose that guy. Season over. Done. Okay? That's the way this league works. And if you haven't figured that out, then, again, no helping you. But ultimate reaction, I love the trade. I think the Patriots did a nice job. And uh, we, I would like to move on and not talk about the backup quarterback every week. I would. I would like to do that. And I think we should do that. Now, here locally, the Patriots have a bye. Patriots have a bye in week nine. So um, they'll be back to work in week 10, which will be a Sunday night football game in Denver against the 3-4 and four Broncos team that right now is reevaluating the QB position. And literally, as I'm saying this, I'm reading a tweet that says Brock Osweiler will be starting for Denver this Sunday in Philly. So if Osweiler just has a decent day, he's probably going to keep that job and he's probably going to be the quarterback for the Broncos in week 10 against the Patriots for Sunday Night Football. So, um, 
That should be something, right? Brock Osweiler. Remember that game a couple of years ago? It was it Thanksgiving weekend? It was Sunday night football in the snow. Osweiler just, you know, a couple passes deep down the field. Gronk got hurt in that game. Um, and and you know what happened at, you know, later that season. Obviously, after that, Peyton Manning, he's came back. And uh, the Denver Broncos ended up winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, you had that, you had the Osweiler moment against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football in November, a couple years ago. And looks like you might get that again in Week 10. Osweiler, I'm just reading this now. It looks like he's going to be starting for the Broncos this Sunday in Philly. So, that said, let's get, let's look at Week 9. Before I get to my picks, before I close things out with my picks, Week 9 in the NFL, got 13 games, six teams have a bye, only two more bye weeks after this season, excuse me, after this week, um, in this season, after this week, weeks 10 and 11 are the only other two bye weeks, so only two more bye weeks after this week. But week nine begins Thursday night football with the Jets hosting the Bills. That game at MetLife, the Bills are three-point favorite on the road in that one. Uh, then week nine ends with Green Bay. I just told you hosting Detroit on Monday night football. The Pack is a two-and-a-half-point dog. And I told you locally the Patriots have a bye. Nationally, I think the biggest game of the week is probably Atlanta in Carolina. Sunday at one. It is it's Atlanta and Carolina. They're both looking up to New Orleans at 5-2 and two at first place in that NFC South. Um, both Atlanta and Carolina are coming off bounce-back wins. Carolina won in Tampa Bay. Atlanta won at MetLife against the Jets. This is probably the biggest game of the week with Carolina 5-3 and three and Atlanta 4-3. and three. I think that's the biggest game of the week. The runner-up would be Kansas City in Dallas Sunday at 425. Uh, Kansas City in first place in their division at six and two, and Dallas in second place at four and three in their division. Dallas has won two straight. They're looking up at Philly at seven and one, but the Cowboys, you know, they're in the news coming into this game because it's looking like, at least as I record this right now on Wednesday morning, it's looking like Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension is back on, on again, off again. Ezekiel Elliott suspension, it's looking like it's back on, and again, at least as I record this. It's looking like it's on for good, and he's going to start serving a six-game suspension this Sunday against Kansas City, which uh, should be interesting to see just how the Cowboys look without Ezekiel Elliott because he's had a couple big games for him as they've sort of bounced back to get above 500. Now the Cowboys at 4-3, and three, and this will not be an easy game for them against Kansas City in Dallas at 425 on Sunday, but... uh. As of right now, it's looking like no Ezekiel Elliott. He'll start serving a six-game suspension. So we'll keep an eye on what Dallas looks like without Zeke. And, of course, another week means another race for the number one overall pick. That race is still on. Two winless teams remain. Cleveland, they have a bye. And San Fran, I told you, host Arizona. Uh, Garoppolo, though, will not start. He will He will not be starting this week for San Fran. So, uh, and Arizona's, you know, they're hurting no Carson Palmer. Uh, I, I, they've also been told that David Johnson probably won't be returning this season. I, it brings you to Larry Fitz. I told you on Monday's podcast, I really thought that it would have been a match made in heaven for a trade between the Patriots and the Cardinals to go get Larry Fitz. I, I honestly wonder what would have happened if you did offer maybe, I don't know, fifth round pick to Arizona. Would, would Larry Fitz had 
agreed to that? I don't know. I don't know even know if they had talks, but I wish they did, and I wish they made a trade. They didn't. They didn't make a trade. So uh, Arizona, who knows what they're going to look like without Carson Palma, but um, they very well could go into San Fran and win that game still. That, that's how bad San Fran is. And with San Fran not having Garoppolo yet, uh, he's not going to come in and save the day, at least not this week in Week 9. So when it's all said and done, we still could have two winless teams in Cleveland who has the bye and San Fran at home against Arizona. So let's get to some of my picks for Week 9. I will begin with my DraftKings. Gotta have them play for Sunday's slate. Uh, every week, I give you one guy that you have to have in the NFL, in your DraftKings lineup. And before I do that, before I give you that play, before I give you my gotta have him play for Sunday, gotta remind you, go to DraftKings.com or download their app and play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And with football season in full swing, it begs the question, how is your fantasy football team doing? Maybe you drafted a dud in the fourth round. Or your first-round pick is on the shelf with a bum knee. Well, the good news is it's not too late to forget the injuries and get back in the winning column with DraftKings one-week fantasy football. With DraftKings, there are many ways to play. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. There's no better way to turn your love of football into cash prizes this coming Sunday for Week 9. So get to DraftKings.com right now and use promo code PICK, that's P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit for your share of over $1 million in total prizes this Sunday, Week number 9. And my DraftKings gotta have them play for Sunday is Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, he is the most expensive QB in Week 9, costing you 8100 bucks. But as I always do, I look around the rest of the positions on DraftKings this week and come to find out DeAndre Hopkins is the most expensive player of the week at any position. Hopkins, Houston Texans wide receiver, he is 9200 bucks. So uh, obviously, they're projected a pretty big day for the Texans offense. And if Hopkins has a big day, that means Deshaun Watson's probably going to have a big day. And Watson is much cheaper than Hopkins. So I'm jumping all over Deshaun Watson, 8,100. Look, Houston's coming off a loss in Seattle, right? In which Deshaun Watson threw four touchdown passes, threw for 400 yards, and put up 38 points in Seattle. Rookie quarterbacks don't do that in Seattle. They just don't. He did. Now, Houston lost the game. I get it. But from a single-player perspective, Deshaun Watson has been great all season long. He is the closest thing in this league, I think, to being a lock every single week to put up major fantasy points. So um, I'm, I'm taking Watson in a game against the 2-6 and six Colts. It's in Houston. The Colts have the worst defense in the league, allowing 31 points per game. And the Colts have the second worst pass defense in the league, allowing 290 yards per game. Pass yards per game. Right? 290 pass yards per game for the Colts. It's a must win for Houston. Houston's 3-4. and four. They got Tennessee and Jacksonville ahead of them at 4-3. and three. I don't see the Texans at home against this 
brutal Indianapolis Colts defense. I don't see Houston not having a big day offensively. They will, and they win, and they're going to do it on the arm of Deshaun Watson. Maybe he even runs a little bit in this game, but Deshaun Watson is my gotta-have-him-play for Sunday slate again, 8,100. I know you say, well, Danny, you're not really going out on a limb uh, in this one. Well, I'm not here to either go out on a limb or not go out on a limb. I'm here to help you win money, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to give you your best chance to win that money. So go sign up right now. Use my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, at DraftKings.com and on the DraftKings app and take Deshaun Watson. He is my gotta-have-him-play for Week 9 on Sunday and that brings me to picks picks for week nine in the NFL every week I give you five games with the spread I went three one and one last week in week eight which means my record on the season is 20 19 and one 20 wins 19 losses and one push I had the push last week with Atlanta minus five Uh, They did beat the Jets, but they only beat the Jets by by five. So that's a push for me with Atlanta. So 2019-1 on the season. Let's get back to it for week nine. Hit the music. Oh, yeah. Picks, picks for week nine. Presented by Molinari's in Dorchester. Molinari's is exactly what you're looking for in a family-owned Italian restaurant. Head in today on Adams Street. Grab a table, sit at the bar, or even order something to go. From appetizers and salads to sandwiches and house-made pasta dishes to their delicious wood oven specialty pizzas, Molinari's has everything you could possibly want. My go-to is the chicken palm sandwich, and we order lunch from Molinari's all the time. It's right up the street on Adams Street in Dorchester, and I can tell you that the most popular lunch order here at Beantown Athletics is the chicken palm sandwich. Go check out their menu right now, MolinariesPizzeria.com. That's MolinariesPizzeria.com. And when you do stop in on Adams Street in Dorchester, make sure you tell them I sent you. So let's get to it. Pick number one. I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams minus three and a half over the New York Giants. This game is at MetLife. It's a home game for the Giants. Both the Rams and the Giants are coming off a bye. But... It's really been a tale of two different seasons for each of these teams. Los Angeles, the Rams are 5-2, and and they're tied for first place in the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks. New York, meanwhile, the Giants are 1-6 with little to no hope in an NFC East that sees the Philadelphia Eagles in first place at 7-1. So here's what the Giants need to have their sights set on. The 2018 NFL Draft, that's what they have to do. They got two teams ahead of them, Cleveland 0-8, and San Fran at 0-8. But the Giants, I think, have to look at that and go, well, we can get a pretty good pick. Maybe they even end up getting number one overall. But the Giants are 1-6. and six, And my point is that they're not going anywhere this season. Odell Beckham Jr. is done for the year. Um, and on the opposite end, the Rams, I mean, at 5-2, and two, let's be realistic. They have an opportunity to still have a shot. They, they still have a shot at, the, at one of the top seeds in the NFC in the playoffs. They have a shot at a first-round bye. And the Goff and Gurley show, I just love what I'm seeing out of this Rams team. I think they go into MetLife, and I think they win this game by at least 10 points. The Rams have a top 10 pass defense, so I don't think you should be concerned what the Giants' offense does to them. But also the Giants, their offense ranks 30th in the league. The Giants only score 16 points per game. At least that's their average this season. And so I don't think you should be scared of the Giants at home 
having a big offensive day. I like the Rams' defense. And when it comes to the Rams' offense, I mentioned the Goff and Gurley show. Todd Gurley has rushed for over 100 yards four times in his last five games, and he has eight total touchdowns on the season. He's a beast. He can run. Uh, You know, he can come out of the backfield and catch some balls, too, uh, with some reception yards. So, uh, Todd Gurley, to me, he's somebody that you seriously need to consider this week in DraftKings. But if you're just looking at the Rams in general, getting away from fantasy and DraftKings for a minute, then um, Todd Gurley, I mean, he should help carry L.A. to its fourth road win of the season. That's right, fourth road win. Maybe the biggest stat in this game is that the Rams this year are 3-0 and on the road. I think when this one is all said and done, they'll be 4-0 and on the road. Give me the Rams by... 10 points, we'll say. The Rams, a 10-point win at MetLife over the Giants. I'm taking L.A. minus three and a half. Dan, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons at four and three. They're a one-and-a-half-point dog against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Uh, The Falcons had a bounce-back win over the Jets at MetLife last Sunday. The Panthers had a bounce-back win of their own with a win on the road in Tampa Bay on Sunday. So both teams, they had big bounce-back wins, much-needed bounce-back wins, but they're both looking up at New Orleans in that division. New Orleans is 5-2. and two. So um, I'd say this is a pretty important game for both of these teams, for both Atlanta and Carolina, to say the least. The Falcons, here's a pretty good stat for you. The Falcons are 3-1 and one on the road this season. And I do believe that rumors of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. I do. I, I don't think the Falcons are done. I Look, they, they lost the three teams in the AFC East. Then they beat the Jets last week. I still think Atlanta just has way too many weapons for me to sit here and say this season is going to be over. And the fact that they're an underdog in this game, I think that Atlanta might feel somewhat disrespected because... I, I, I know the road team, usually an underdog, but I do think that Atlanta, I think they carry themselves in a way where they they know they were in the Super Bowl last year. They know they have so many offensive weapons, and I think they go into a game against this Carolina team, seeing that Carolina just traded one of their top receivers for two draft picks, Kelvin Benjamin going to Buffalo. They must look at this and go, hey, we're still a dog in this game? We're, I mean, that's the way they need to look at it at least. So... Uh, the Panthers, while I do have a top five defense that, that certainly has been on display in recent weeks, I just look at their offense without Kelvin Benjamin, an offense that was struggling already, and I think to myself, wow, I mean, I don't think it would have been crazy to maybe think about making Atlanta a, a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I'm being dead serious. So, Falcons, they have not put up 30 points since a week three win in Detroit. And I think this could be their time to do that once again. And some people might not see it coming, and this might not be a popular pick, but I'm taking the points on the road, and I just think Atlanta wins the game. I think it, I think Atlanta, it could be close, but it doesn't matter. Atlanta's a dog. They're plus one and a half. I'm going to take the Falcons to win this one in Carolina by a field goal. Give me Atlanta plus one and a half. Then I'm taking the Houston Texans minus 13 over the Colts. This game is in Houston. I just kind of went into this one a little bit seeing that Deshaun Watson is going to be my gotta have him play of the week, but um, it just kind of brings me back to how Houston looked in Seattle. I know, I know, I know. It was a loss. Seattle won the game 41-38, but you mean to tell me you're not impressed by Deshaun Watson putting up 38 points in Seattle? If he could put up 38 points in Seattle, what's he going to do at home 
against the Indianapolis Colts defense that allows 31 points a game. That's the worst or the second worst pass defense in the league. How do you expect this one to look? I expect Deshaun Watson to have a monster day. And um, again, at three and four, the Texans are in must-win territory. This is a must-win game for Houston. And not just for the fact that you're looking up at Jacksonville and Tennessee, but when you're playing another division team that's in last place that looks as bad as Indy has looked, you have to beat them, especially in your own building. The Texans are going to win this game, and they're going to win it at home by at least 14 points. So you have to give me Houston minus 13 over Indy. Then I am taking the Seattle Seahawks minus 7.5 over the Washington Redskins. This one is in Seattle. The Seahawks are 5-2. They've won four straight games. And the Seahawks are one of only three teams in the NFL who are unbeaten at home this season. The other two, Philadelphia, Buffalo. So Seattle, Philadelphia, and Buffalo are the only three teams in the entire league that have not lost at home. Uh, if Seattle is going to lose at home, it is not going to be against the three and four Redskins. The Redskins have lost two straight games, and they're just so banged up. There's no way I could think about picking them to win this game. I just couldn't do it. Also, Seattle... They just made a big addition to their offensive line. They traded for veteran left tackle Dwayne Brown. You know, he was holding out. They traded for him. They added him to the offensive line. Something they needed to improve. Russell Wilson, this seems to be that offense in Seattle. They've hit a spark the last couple weeks. And they they obviously improved by adding a veteran offensive lineman. So, um... I just think at home again, you know, you saw Washington lose to Dallas in the way. That just looked ugly. Washington's banged up. They're 3-4. and I just don't think Seattle's going to lose at home to this Washington team. So the spread isn't huge. It's 7.5. I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take Russell Wilson having a huge second half this season once again. He had a big second half last season. He's going to have another one. Seattle at home should be able to win this one by 10, and I'm going to take them to do that. I take the Seahawks minus seven and a half and then my final pick of the week the Oakland Raiders minus three the Raiders are a three-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins this game is in Miami uh the Dolphins are four and three and they made some noise as I told you with at Tuesday's trade deadline they sent Jay Ajayi to the Eagles for a fourth round pick now Clearly, there was a message that the Dolphins were trying to send. They lose 40 to nothing on Thursday night football to the Baltimore Ravens. A Baltimore offense that had looked horrible all season puts up 40 points on you. And not only that, but you get shut out. You lose 40 to nothing on national TV. I don't give a fuck if it's a short week. That's a beatdown. So maybe a message does need to be sent. However, it might be the wrong message because Jay Cutler is expected to return to be the quarterback for the Dolphins in this game. And I guess they're expecting him to what? Save the day at home against the Oakland Raiders? Here's the problem with that. If you're expecting Jay Cutler to save the day, you probably should have went out and added an offensive piece at the trade deadline, not trade a key offensive piece away. So perhaps, all right, I get you want to send a message, but maybe the wrong message Sometimes these things can work. I will I will acknowledge that sometimes these messages can be sent and they can work. But um, I have to look at the other side of things. And I have to look at an Oakland Raiders team that's 3-5, and five, that's in last place in their division, that it's a must-win for them, right? It's a must-win for the Oakland Raiders. 
They're coming off a loss in Buffalo, 34-14. Marshawn Lynch, he was suspended for that game. He's going to return from his one-game suspension. But the real key to Oakland's offense, the real key to that entire Oakland team, is Derek Carr. He needs to be a whole lot better than he has with the weapons that he has. So I just look at the Raiders, forget about their record, forget about where they are in the standings, and I think to myself, this is a pretty damn good football team. They got a lot of weapons. They were projected to be much better than this this season. So I think they can go into Miami and beat a Dolphins team that clearly isn't in the right place, right? They're not in the right place. They make that trade. They lose 40 to nothing. Um, I don't know. There's just something about that that just seems funny, just seems fishy, no pun intended. And uh, I I just don't think that the Dolphins are in a good spot right now. Obviously, Oakland isn't in a good spot either. But if you were to take both of these two teams, both of these two rosters, both of these two starting lineups and said... Which is the better team? Uh, Who's going to win on Sunday Night Football? I'd take Oakland. I just think, they again, they're much better than they've shown. It's a must-win game for them. And I think they go into Miami and win on Sunday Night Football. It's only a three-point spread. They should be able to win this one by a touchdown, maybe even by 10 points. I'm going to take the Raiders minus three over the Miami Dolphins. So my picks for Week 9 in the NFL... The Los Angeles Rams minus three and a half, Atlanta plus one and a half, Houston minus 13, Seattle minus seven and a half, and Oakland minus three. Those are Picks Picks for week nine, presented by Molinari's in Dorchester. Check out their menu right now, MolinariesPizzeria.com. And when you do stop in on Adams Street, make sure you tell them I sent you. They got everything that you're looking for in a family owned Italian restaurant. Head in today, grab a table, sit at the bar, or even order something to go. Appetizers and salads, sandwiches and house-made pasta dishes, and delicious wood oven specialty pizzas. Molinari's is my go-to Italian restaurant here in Dorchester, so make sure you go check it out again. It's on Adams Street and their website, molinarispizzeria.com. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here twice a week, usually Mondays and Thursdays, but again, I had to jump on a day early this week. I'll be back next Monday. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tune in literally anywhere podcasts are available, even on the Podcast One network. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>